Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Energy Newsbeat Podcast. My name's Stu Turley, President CEO of the Sandstone Group. I've got a fantastic show for you today. I'll tell you what, I've got an old friend of the podcast that has stopped by, and Deborah Wald is such a fantastic influence in so many ways on LinkedIn, and she's the CEO of Green Lily, and there's a Green Lily Holding, and there's several other companies. But let's uh, go ahead and get started on some of the topics that we're going to cover today. We're talking about the renewable energy. We're talking about nuclear. We're talking about humanity. But we're also talking about one of the biggest movements in the U.S. that is happening, and that's the parents' involvement in their schools and looking at homeschooling. There is curriculum that is out there. But the feedback that we're getting from Energy Newsbeat is the curriculum in the energy space. And we are trying to raise money to help all of our content be turned into. Deborah, I think that was a horrible way to talk or in Oklahoma where uh, be turned into. Um, we're going to look to have automatic testing and everything turned into. Um, testing for homeschooling. So, Deborah, thank you for taking the time on something that you're so passionate about. Thank you, Stuart, for having me again as your guest. I'm very honored, as always. Well, I'll tell you, uh, you're a, a retread, as I affectionately call, great uh, guests that have come back on. And uh, your episodes, quite selfishly, Deborah, have gone ballistic. Uh, you're what's called an evergreen. And it's nice. It's not something you have to worry about. Your evergreen episodes are always in the top uh, episodes that we put out. So um, I always put that at the front of the show because everybody's like, top episode? So, uh, just tell us a little bit as we get started. What is What are you doing with Green Lily and what are your opinions there? Absolutely. So Greenlight Energy and Water is a business and development company. Again, Greenlight Holding is our holding company, which encompasses all their other companies. And we've been so privileged to stay in the green energy business by, we're going to simplify it down now because a lot of people are saying, what is the waste to energy? Well, basically what we're doing is we're taking trash, if I had something trashy here, and then transforming that into <laughs> low-cost fuel and low-cost electricity. And we're putting ourselves at the carbon neutral table where you have solar, wind, hydrothermal, nuclear, natural gas, oil. There is a place for waste to energy. And waste to energy is a key component because we're taking seven and a half, let's say, metric tons of trash out of the landfill. Right. And then turning that into low cost electricity, which is benefit for the economy and business and low cost um, fuels. And one of your, some of your biggest targets are municipalities and uh, yes. talking about additional revenue for the municipalities. I love that was a big segment as we watched, you know, what parts are listened to and where, where they spend time on the page right. and that kind of stuff. Exactly. And the reason why municipalities, because municipalities have residents and residents are families. So this right. all intertwines with the topics that we're going to be talking today. Because families are hurting right now with the economy and what the way things are naturally going. It is slowing down. Yep. What you're yep. going to be choosing between, like, do I buy groceries? Do I buy fuel? Do right. I? You know, those kind of a questions are coming in. So municipalities can benefit from this by way of passing it on to their residents, which right. therefore helps them in multiple levels. 
You know, what's fun is uh, the FERC, which is the uh, regulatory uh, agency, has been putting out, Deborah, that there are so many grid problems coming around the corner. And they're saying, go ahead and get prepared, get your generators. I can't believe that I saw that from Secretary Granholm yesterday. She says, get your generators ready. And and I'm like, they are so anti-generator that what's about to happen i'm i'm over here kind of going i'm always preaching you know be ready to prepare for your family right and it, and as you sit back and we talk about these cities how cool is that for the cities to build additional uh rng which is renewable natural gas from their methane right. out of a landfill so they right. can generate power for the cities i i'm sorry i love your story i, I I'm over here going green lily, green lily. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. We feel the exact same way. And that's why we're so blessed to be connected to the owner of the technology and the patents. And actually what we're doing, a little plug here, we're going to be down in Alito on the 17th doing a huge presentation. The owner of the technology is actually coming in. Oh, and doing a presentation. Yeah, for one, we're uh, down in Alito. So we're going to be having multiple entities coming in from the union, politicians, right. Farmers, farmers are big because they need, you know, low cost fuels, right? Absolutely. And the same thing with electricity. So if we don't support our farmers, we don't eat. And I'm a huge, I've got some uh, uh, agricultural leaders uh, coming by and I'm just starting uh, that uh, whole, uh, because the the support for the, uh, it's like all the Germans, we're not seeing that on the news. And the German farmers are protesting. I love a good farmer. I love the family farms. It's how we got made as a country. Exactly. And one thing is I grew up halfway on a farm. So basically my summer times were working on three farms with my grandparents. And then, yeah, it was really good. And I learned a lot of values. I learned a lot of good ethics and morals and principles. My work ethic came from that. Yep. I'll tell you, I, my work ethic came from my grandparents who ran yeah. a dairy farm as well, too. And my dad, who uh, retired as chief of staff of the 8th Air Force, uh, I kind of learned how to work hard all my life, but enjoy what you do. Exactly. And my dad enjoyed flying uh, fighters all of his life. So, I mean, it's like, all right. And then my granddad, everybody loved being farmers. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough, tough work and you're learning how to do that. But as we talk about the energy thread in yes. this particular story, uh, we're seeing, uh, Deborah, you and I had been talking about the homeschooling and the, uh, green movements that are pushing non-humanitarian languages. And, right. and that means that they're looking at putting wind of power that is not sustainable based on uh, you have to have the subsidies. And mm-hmm. we're seeing the ESG investing. And now how this in, it works with your schooling and your homeschool uh, consortiums is they have no material because in the public school, you and I talked about they're being force fed one way. Right. Wind farms. And solar farms, but all these kids want phones. Have you? That's electricity generation. Have you ever been able to make a phone for these kids out of a a windmill? No, no. 
Not at all. What did your consortium tell you? Uh, we've been homeschooling our daughter yep. since the time we began schooling. Um, we chose to do that because we knew that, you know, 20 some 30 years ago, at that time, there was PTA meetings. Parents could meet with the school boards. They could bring their ideas to the meetings. The school board would say, yep, I'm a parent. I agree to that. Let's incorporate it into the system. But nowadays, there's this resistance. And it's like this huge tsunami that's been building up with ideology. Now, now here's the thing. I have friends who are going into school to become teachers. I have friends who are current teachers and I have friends who are retired teachers. And I'd say about 30 in my influence. Right. Right. And they all told me, all told me this. It's better for you to homeschool right now with what is going on in the culture. Wow. Now, this is 12 years ago, because what's happening is not what we were taught. We were told. Math, science, history, English, all the basics, all your, you know, your academics, right? But things have changed. And you almost wonder, like, how far back does this go when the PTA meetings were no longer viable and and there was no dialogue where the school boards were listening? And we're not condemning anybody. But for myself and my husband, we have chosen to take on that responsibility. And there's thousands of other families that are doing the same thing. And it's happened more and more since covid kicked in and right. kids were being taken home to school. Right. Parents were seeing what the curriculum was that the kids are learning. Right. Right. They were looking over their shoulder going, oh, that's an interesting comment. But here's the also thing, too, with homeschooling and the energy. Right. We were talking energy. My daughter was just doing a class on, on science. Right. That teacher had the audacity to say that fossil fuels were bad for the environment. I'm like, you're in homeschool. Are you kidding me? So I wrote her a letter and it's, I've been in this program for a long time. Right. And I said, on what premise, on what foundation do you have to put in the curriculum that fossil fuel is not viable and good for the environment? You need to show me your fact. Right. She wrote me a letter back and said, well, this is part of our new curriculum. Exactly. And I said, well, then I have a suggestion for you, my dear. You need to get into the know. And Stuart, I did bring you up even though this Uh-oh. is not actively going. And this is a very large platform, huge platform. Right. And I said, we need to educate on facts, not fiction or what you're being told. Right. Fossil fuel is never going to go away. Right. Because we need low cost electricity and we need low cost fuel. And your narrative, my daughter immediately, she flunked that class. Right. Because she said, no, mommy, I will not approve and say that fossil fuels are bad. They flunked her? They flunked her. That's why I wrote that letter. Wow. Because it wasn't on the test. Her test said all the things that they were supposed to say. And I said, darling, you go with your values and your morals and your principles and the way that you've been taught. Not brainwash. She knows yeah. logic and reason. Go ahead. You know, this is why you and I are talking because, yeah. um, you know, everybody that listens to the show knows that I'm a human- humanitarian first. <clears throat> I am energy agnostic from the standpoint that I like all forms of energy, as long as they deliver the lowest cost kilowatt to to everybody on the planet. And I'm visiting with leaders in Africa uh, tomorrow uh, about how the West is taking advantage of Africa. But we have to deliver the lowest cost kilowatt per hour. And uh, why is Germany having such high uh, high inflation? high energy cost. Why have they attacked uh, the farmers? 
Why is California twice as expensive as Texas? And Texas is our largest renewable energy because you can use both. Why is why is New York Governor Hochul trying to shut down natural gas? And uh, let me get to the uh, feed right now. And I want to see how many people are without power in what cities they are in right now. Let's go to let's go to my power outage U.S. And right now there are about a a hundred thousand people out of power in New York and uh, New Jersey Mm -hmm. and then North Carolina and Michigan. Last night I looked at it and there was almost 700,000 people without power last night. So, um, and it's the rest of the country. California had bad weather and they were like uh, almost 300,000 without power a couple of days ago. So um, it's about grid stability. Yes. Why don't they teach grid stability? I agree. Because see, it's like the elephant in the room, right? And you're looking through the fence. You see that you're looking through the little hole and you can only see a piece of the elephant. And that's what they're doing with the kids. (laughs) They're not showing the elephant on the other side. I'm like, tear down the fence and let's get to reality because they're the next generation that are going to have have to come up with different types of technology to keep our grids going, to keep so they can live and have their generations live. Right. And and, and what a great thing for Green Lily to be able to talk about removal of waste, because that's one of my biggest pet peeves about solar and wind. Again, I love solar. I love wind. If it can be recycled. It cannot be recycled. We are dumping our uh, millions of solar panels and putting them and shipping them out and putting them in other countries. How despicable is that? It's disgusting. And how are we teaching children to be responsible, socially responsible? There are children in other countries. So we live in the United States. It's a wonderful country. God has blessed us greatly. But why are we putting our burden? Remember a long time ago when they were shipping the trash from Canada? Uh, I think it was to the Philippines on barges. Yep. And I don't know if those barges ever made it back to Canada, let us say, right? They might have got sunken, maybe. We don't know, do we? Right. Uh, no. And um, uh, the whole thing about that is um, it is despicable that the West is taking advantage of other other uh, countries and other continents. And uh, I would like to give a shout out to folks and say, um, not all Americans are the ones that are leading this country. (laughs) Most everybody I talk to hates not being able to recycle your energy. Now, Carbon capture. Yay. Let's get into carbon capture. I don't care. Um, yet, you know, let's make sure it's the least amount of methane being released. Mm. Yay. But yeah. uh, the homeschool testing programs, Deborah, would it help if we had all of our news channels and all of our stuff put into testing to be fair so that Absolutely. it's fact based for homeschooling consortiums? Absolutely, 100%. Because right now, what you're having is a narrative taught from a scientific point of view from people who've never been out of the school district or schooling. You need subject matter experts to come in and say, I'm on the gas fields, I'm on the oil fields, I'm with the nuclear companies. 
we know what's going on because we're boots on the ground. Right. That would help the teachers as well. And I think a lot of scientific science teachers would be open and even history teachers would be open because the basics is the kids need to know what is going on. Right. It's not, they don't need to know what fictionally is going on or, you know, they need to know what's real time going on. We take our daughter to the landfills because we say, she's not foolish. She knows that these things are bad, right? But there's no other alternative at this point to deal with the trench. You got to put it somewhere. Right. You know, know, good. Sorry, Deborah. you and I would be dangerous because both of us talk with our hands and and we would be absolutely horrible in the same room. And, uh, you know, your your husband and my wife couldn't even stand near us because we'd be beating each other. You know, Ah! now when we sit back and take a look at there were some uh, folks that uh, I just found out about last week and they had a great beginning of a just energy documentary exactly what we were talking about and um they couldn't get funding from netflix unless they they were going to cover nuclear they were going to cover wind solar natural gas coal they just want to lay the facts out that's what they wanted in this documentary and uh they couldn't get they could get the funding immediately uh, to do this, but uh, Netflix said, uh, unless you come up with a wind and solar narrative that we don't need anything else, we won't get you the funding. I- I- I'm like, wow, what about putting out facts? Facts right. and physics matter. At least they just, <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting just thinking about a side thought, right? Why doesn't Netflix run their whole entire operation on solar and wind? And let's see how successful they are. Oh, absolutely. And I, I would love to go ahead and say, let's make an experiment. I, I have to give a shout out. I can't remember who, who, who's been saying this. Uh-huh. Either it was Michael Schellenberg or someone. And they were saying, let's just let uh, New York go ahead and, and shut down all petroleum products coming in. If they've touched petroleum, uh, if you have to use diesel and only use electric generated by wind and solar. Yep. I'm all in. New York, yep. let's have an experiment. Yeah. They would be out of New York City, no tax, and it would be, uh, do, did you ever see the movie with Snake Plissken, uh, Escape from New York? Uh, no. You're, you're too smart. I'm sure you probably didn't see it. And uh, Snake Plissken was, they turned New York City into a prison. And it was wow. so bad, they've had the gate around it and everything else, and it had just turned into a wasteland. I think that's what would happen in New York. Absolutely. You know, let's use all forms of energy and have the least amount of impact on the environment. Exactly. And that's what the children need to hear, not right. the other. You know, it's like social responsibility. A lot right. of the kids, so I teach religious education. And what happens is the kids come into my class, the public school kids, and there's not that many homeschool kids. and they say. You know, we're being told by our teachers, we have to save the environment. Right. Well, how do we do this? You know, that's a lot of burden on us. So one of the kids had a bottle and they're like drinking out of it. And one of the kids went to put it in the garbage can. Right. And, oh, no, no, no. You can't put it into the trash can. You got to recycle that. Right. So I said, give me the bottle. I, I taught them a little bit about what we do. My mom, right. my daughter's like, she's a trash lady. So listen to mama. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> and I said, we can take this, guys. I know, isn't that lovely? I said, darling, better be careful with that. 
we can take this bottle, which is considered trash, right? Could be recyclable, depending right. on what number it is, and transform it into treasure. Yep. So you put it in the garbage can. You don't have to sort it out. And they said, well, why aren't we being taught this in school? Right. Why don't we know about this? Because all we're doing is feeling guilty because we're not finding the right recyclable containers that this goes into. Right. And that's not educating them. Educating them is saying, got a problem? Like Elon does, right? Right. Critical thinking. Let's create a solution. Yep. That's, that would be like a perfect way, a segue into the homeschool program. Problems into solutions. Use that critical thinking process where they right. can implement it and figure out ways. Maybe there's something even better than waste to energy, but the kids aren't going to give an opportunity unless right. challenged. Um, absolutely. And, and I've seen some of those life hacks that are absolutely hilarious where you see them on uh, uh, Twitter. I use almost Twitter and, and LinkedIn only. And I love it where you see a bottle being cut in a very nice way. Yeah. And then they're using it for rope or they're use, reusing that plastic for things that right. you need around the house. Exactly. I'm all in. I think that that's Absolutely. wonderful. Uh, but more importantly, using it for energy and um, not all recyclable in, uh, plastics can be used uh, safely. And no. so I'm trying to figure out that whole aspect of it. Yep, you're absolutely correct. And that's the other thing, too, with the technology that we have, just a plug there, is our plants are zero carbon footprint. Right. We don't have smokestacks. So everything that's out of that product that comes out of there, we can create 70 different products. Wow. Yeah. So we're even no. getting better than what we had before. Uh, downstream products, so oil-based chemicals could be made without uh, smokestacks and waste. See? plants the same thing i mean there's all kinds of options ideas because the patent owner has all this did you just say retrofit coal plants yeah betcha yeah oh my goodness zero emission retrofit zero emission coal plants do you know what that would do for the world in 2023 the coal usage around the world has exploded king coal is not dead yet and when you consider the U.S., we have 80% of fossil fuels, which I hate that word, for electrical yeah. uh, energy and generation, which is nu uh, nuclear, uh, natural gas, oil, and um, um, coal. And, and so if you sit back and kind of go, zero emissions, the yeah. Biden administration regulatory uh, problems just released at, at 3 o'clock in the morning right before COP28 a whole new set of regulatory issues to shut down coal plants before they have the uh, wind and solar electrical generation. You can't really call them wind energy. You can't mm -hmm. call them really wind solar. They're mm -hmm. just designed for electrical generation. It's not really energy. No. And when you take the coal plants away, you're taking away union jobs. I mean, that's another factor, right? So you're hurting the family, which therefore hurts their education of their children. You know, you, you just said the word union. And, and one of the things that I can see very strongly is the unions get a bad rap a lot of times, you know, mm -hmm. and you always hear, you know, I do a lousy Putin imitation, Deborah, and I, hey, you know, and, and I, he's, <laughs> he's called up and said, you stink, you're a lousy uh, Putin imitation. And it happens to be the same one that I've seen for 
people on unions and going, hey, you don't do that. You know, and I mean, it's like that's a bad presentation of unions. If we were go to go to small modular nu- nuclear reactors, SMRs, uh-huh. we need a well-trained uh, workforce yes. that, that could support um, building high-tech things with regulatory issues. I'm all for good regulatory issues and well-trained um, uh, unions and making it happen because I don't trust, you know, I'm going to say this and I'm, I know I'm canceled. I don't trust mm-hmm. government. And I, I, I would prefer to have a union with yes. regulatory issues, with good regulations, yes. building SMRs, building yes. small modular reactors. Yep. Um, Deborah, I just talked to Grace Stanky the, uh, when she was in Dubai. Uh-huh. The UAE built a nuclear reactor running 25% of their power in five years on time and on budget. The U.S. can't do that. (laughs) No, no. And, you know, I'm a union daughter, number one, very proud of it because my father was an iron worker. Number two, I have a union, uh, Tommy DeSanto. Sorry, Tommy, but I'll put your name out there. I, I adore him because he supports everything that we do because he brings in the union. Right. Union, union jobs for working families. It goes right. back to that nucleus where we need to be. And with our yep. projects, we're going to construct them union and build them union. Right. So we're going to maybe spearhead it out there with everybody else. And, and Stuart, you're right. The union know what they're doing. They have these wonderful apprenticeship programs that train the people that come in. Not everybody's going to go to college and become a rocket scientist. So, you know, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would hate to pay and send my child to college these days because all they do is come out with absolutely no knowledge. Yeah, exactly. But you go to an apprenticeship program, it's hands on. And I, I just read an article about Elon in his new school that he has for his children. No it's way. critical thinking and problem solving, but he's not opening it up yet to everybody. But he homeschools his kids, in other words, in his own way. Right. And puts them like the apprenticeship programs do. They give them a problem. Let's figure it out. you got these subject matter experts around them. They're all union. They've been there, done that. They teach the kids how to take care of the problem, but do it right. Safety, on time, and under budget. And accountability. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why we chose that. You know, what's also sad about the unions is that the... uh, uh, Everybody has been on this uh, EV. I love EVs. Only from the standpoint, I, I love the idea of plugging it in. The grid yes. can't support it. Yeah. And then the move to the lithium battery technology is robbing the kids in Africa and China mm-hmm. of their childhood. And and so that is really a sad, sad component. But uh, when we we sit back and take a look at the homeschooling, and the education process, I'm proud of you and I'm proud of the families that are stepping up. I grew up in upstate New York and then spent a lot of my summers in in Anadarko, Oklahoma, um, and went to Oklahoma State University. So I'm I'm in that farmer kind of thing with the, mm-hmm. the dairy farmer. Yeah. But Deborah, back then in in uh New York. New York had one of the best education systems because they had the regents system for testing. 
And mm-hmm. that kept the teachers teaching high quality science right. and, and everything else. And when I went to college, I was bored out of my mind. Coming out of college, uh, high school out of New York had a very good education system. Mm-hmm. Boy, it went to hay in a handbasket. <laughs> and that's sad, isn't it? It is. All that money been invested into that. And homeschooling is not that expensive. I mean, we're already paying taxes for our public schools. I mean, it's not like it's a benefit to us homeschoolers. We got to pay double taxes, in other words, because right. we do pay for our programs. But as parents, we take that responsibility and we, we put an investment into our children. You invest them right into their faith. Why not invest into their education? And it's really important to invest knowing what's the best homeschool program out there that teaches the facts. How do we work in and take a look and, you know, uh, I'm I'm looking for uh, funding to help accelerate this uh, program of getting uh, testing for all of my great podcasts and also for the other podcast of David Blackman and Ray Trevino on The Crude Truth and taking their knowledge on geopolitical, uh, your podcast, I'm sorry, would be great. Uh, you know, uh, I'm being selfish again because I really enjoy having you as a guest uh, because of the numbers that you generate, but we'll just go from there. But anyway, being selfish um, and then getting that funding to create that and then get that into the uh, consortiums at a good price point that it makes it um, affordable so that we can generate more. I mean, it's a a which came first. Right. The curriculum, which we now have. But how do we right. get that into the formats? to make it easy for parents. And um, uh, this is a long winded way of asking a question. And that is how do we make homeschooling easier for parents that don't have the time and have to work two jobs? That to me is something that, how do we help that? I I don't know. I don't even begin to know that answer. Well, most homeschool programs are done online, which makes it a lot easier. So there's a lot of mobility involved. And a lot of parents, I don't know if they've gone back to work yet in the office or not, but in our situation, I have a home office and other offices. And the cool thing about it is we had a union um, presentation at the Lake of the Ozarks. My daughter came with me. We were there for five five days. She did all her schoolwork right there, sitting next to the pool. So the mobility is very important. And I'm going to plug out for what you're doing too. I would encourage putting a list together of all the homeschool uh, uh, entities that are out there. And there's some very large ones. Right. And they're from various backgrounds. Use this as a marketing tool to explain to them. Wow. The value add of what the outside world really brings into the real world that the children are living into. So right. they're not getting a narrative from what people want them to hear, like wash right. on, wash off, right? They're mm-hmm. getting the reality of subject matter experts that come online like this because all the right. pod, they have their own like uh, online programs. Right. So, the, uh, let for an example, like say Ray would come on Ray Turbani, and he yep. would say, "Let's talk about the gas fields. Right. What's going on with the gas fields? How are we making ourselves more green?" Or you have David Blockman come on and right. talk about what he's doing because all you do is do little segments like they do in the homeschool programs online. Right. The parents will learn and they'll become more educated. The children will learn and they will be able to pass that on to the next generations. 
And I really believe that the homeschool programs will be very open to supporting this narrative because the, maybe the information that they're getting right now is from past information. Right. Because the moment my daughter went on her program, when they started saying fossil fuel is bad, right. someone's teaching them wrong. So I took the initiative, write them a letter and say, oh, no, no, no. Where's your facts? If you don't know your facts, then I can help you. Go watch this. Here's right. this information, right? That's the, the connective between the two with homeschooling and what you're wanting to accomplish. And I know you wow. will accomplish this, is bring it to them right. in a marketing piece because parents will buy into this. We spend, you know, not an enormous amount of money on homeschool. Right. But if I know what my daughter is supposed to learn is going to help her right. in all the academics ways and scholastics ways, I'll, put, I'll invest into her because she is our future, not just for our family. But right. for America and for the generations to come. Uh, and I don't know enough, quite honestly, about the charter schools as well, too. But I've been oh, talking to folks and they're they're also uh, good candidates for uh, getting the right charter school uh, yeah. would be that um, I used to work uh, very heavily in the tech side for schools and loved all the educators that I worked with and, oh, yes. and everything else. And, and schools changed. Yeah, it has. And uh, I love the small school districts because you would walk in and the principals walking around and all the kids were from the rural farms. And I mean, we sat down and we had a wonderful meal, home cooked meal in the cafeteria. And I came in on a Friday, Deborah, and I, I realized that I noticed some of the kids were going back and forth for like three trips back. Wow. And, and I'm sitting there kind of going, why is this happening? And the superintendent said, because these school, these kids won't eat again until um, until Monday morning. And so we have a gigantic <laughs> breakfast. And, and so that principal and superintendent, they just knew what was going on. How do we get that type of stuff in there? And that, to me, is where we need to be spending our money. And I'm going to go political for one second. Why are we spending all this money to Ukraine uh, when we don't even have that kind of pro project? And I would love to have that kind of service for homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. That, to me, would make sense. Yes. I mean, because we can't get a dad or a mom who's having to, to work that they can't feed their family. Yes. You know? Does that make sense? I mean, I'm. It does. It does. And, that, and you're right. And it is hard on the right now with the economy going the way it is. Right. And moms and dads are stressed beyond comprehension. And they're looking at, okay, are they really looking at put, they're looking at putting food on the table. Right. They're not really looking at the educational component that the kids are supposed to be learning and it depends on what what level they're at as far as you know their meaning income let's say for the families right right i'll give you a quick example my daughter has a friend and they started beautiful young lady she goes to a public school we're not going to identify anything else outside of that and <laughs> she started changing her clothes started changing going from very feminine to not so feminine right different things started evolving out of this and i told them I said, I've got to investigate this. So I contacted their mom and I said, have you noticed, they're two income families. I said, have you noticed any change with your daughter? Oh, she got her hair, long hair to short hair. Right. Big, big question. And then it's like, 
little things you start changing with the kids. But if you're working two jobs and you're trying to put food on the table, right? Just trying right. to make a living, buy groceries right. or buy gas. Sometimes your kids get lost, right? So I said, be more aware of the body changing. Something's not right. And my right. daughter has really long hair. Not to say to cut your hair is bad. But the, the imagery. All right. Now you're bringing up the hair thing here. I'm sorry for <laughs> podcast listeners. I got a flash <laughs> for a hair color. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Just, okay. Keep going. So the thing is, is that the bottom line is parents that have two jobs or, right. you know, trying to make ends meet don't really have a time to look at the kids and see what's going on. But a homeschool program would be able to bring the parents into it because Stu, we don't spend eight hours a day doing, you know, all the classes. Right. She can get all her classes done in a four hour period with 15 minute breaks in between. Right. So you're gaining back that time with your child. Number one. Yep. Number two, you don't have all these, you know, get on the bus, do all these things like that. So you're also incorporating trust with you and your child. Right. Because this is cool, but socialization is huge because. We have generations ah, very good. got their head, you know, like this. Yeah. And so uh, socialization, are there, th- I, if I remember right, I had a lot of friends uh, at our church that did the homeschool and they had homeschool uh, parties and this kind of stuff. So I, I'm so, you're, you're an expert on homeschool parties. Huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> there is no you know, limitation in socializing. My daughter can communicate with executives. She was actually at one of my board meetings. It was so funny. She was seven years old and we were sitting at the board meeting with all these big wigs, you know, we're talking the business and we got into a loggerhead because we were arguing with each other, disagreeing with each other on a specific topic. My daughter's homeschooling, working on her computer because she was with me that day. And she looks up and she's like, so what's the real problem here? Is it because you don't <laughs> like each other or is it because you can't come to a common solution? Seven years old. Nice. Critical thinking, right? So yeah. we all started laughing and we looked at each other going, well, there really is no problem. I think it's more of the fact that one of us wants to be right. So you have a seven-year-old who's learning these skills, right? In her homeschooling. Right. She picked herself, looked up at us and said, hey, what are you two, you basically wake up. What are you doing? Right. And she identified two topics that none of us were picking on, were, were picking up on. Right. We solved the problem after that. So there's no issue with socializing. They're intelligent, articulate. They can explain things very clearly. They right. can, she's very nurturing too, because when you're in homeschooling, there's over 4,000 families in our particular area that homeschool. We have sports teams. We have all kinds of things going on right now. There's nothing that is limited in what we can do. Deborah, last closing thoughts here. Uh, how do we get in touch with you and how do people find you? So I'm on LinkedIn um, under Greenland Energy and Water, Deborah Wold. And we do have a website, but it's under construction right now. But uh, we'll be bringing out our great things that are coming up and um, you can post it on your site somewhere. Oh, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. For everybody listening, thank you all very much for stopping by the podcast. And Deborah is always welcome back. And thank you so much. We'll talk again soon, Deborah. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. 